What's up? I hope you're having a great day. It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Zach Gray back on today. We're talking Lakers, Nets, potential trades to get Kyrie to L.A. We're talking college football conference realignment. We're talking Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Cannot wait to get into it. But first, Steve Smith. Thank you, Steve. I I had to change the intro, Zach, because I sent the podcast to a radio person and they were like, hey, Bruce Buffer's going to sue you if you don't change the intro. So instead of of Bruce now, we got good old Steve Smith. I was like, who's Steve? Steve Smith, man. Yeah, we had had to change Bruce. I know, man. I know. (laughs) And I was like, you know, that's a really good point. He was like, he's like, I think, you know, uh, it's time is, is copyrighted. But you can double check, and I did, and and it is. So you know, I believe he sued multiple people over using it. Yeah, I, yeah, people as he should. As so, he you know, should. We, as we, he we should. had to change it up. All right, man. So I haven't talked to you since before the NBA draft. Give me a rundown on your thoughts on the draft and Kevin Durant's trade request. All right, um, Paolo Bancaro's the safest pick we've had in the draft in the last five years, in my opinion. Ooh, more safe than Cade um, think, last year? Yes. Okay. Um, I think he steps right in. He's going to average 28 and 5. Oh, wow. He's going to be, you know, rookie of the year, no doubt. He's going to be an all star, multiple time all star. And he's the number one pick. That's who I would have taken. Same. I doubled down on it. Um, you know, I, I was just kind of like everyone else at first, like flip flopping between, you know, the three, you know, Chet, Jabari, and Paolo. But I got to the point where I felt like I was seeing things in the other two's games that really made me pause. You know, when I look at Palo's stuff, it's more of, uh, you know, the stuff he he lacks is more polished still even. Like, yeah. like he, he just needs to polish some things. You know, I've heard people say that he's not a great defender. I think he's a good defender. If you, I think he, if you try hard in the NBA and you're willing to just try and play defense— and you're 6'10", 250, and you can move like he can, you're going to be fine. Yeah, he will be fine. And I just think he's, like, so ready to go. But he might not end up being the best player in the class. Who do you think will be? Or could be? Well, I think we all know, right? It's Chet. Dude, did you see him last night? Yeah, and I, I went on Twitter and was like, you know, I, I compared him to Zion coming out. Um Strictly just based off of, you know, two guys that are physical freaks Yeah. Um, in their own right. Obviously, they're not the same athlete, but both physical freaks, you know, coming out, we, we have questions about, you know, their durability, their conditioning, their fit into into the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I think they're a good comp, uh, a good comp. But Chet's got like superstar, you know, I'm the face of the league, the like the whatever the the West runs through me type of vibes. Okay. Like, I don't think Paolo has that. I think Paolo has like Paul George vibes. That, like, okay. I think, I think Chet has superstar Kevin Durant vibes. So we, that's where we disagree. So I'm with you. I, I would have taken Paolo number one. I think Paolo has like legit top eight player in the NBA, 
Like you said it yourself, averaging twenty eight a night. Like he 20, that's, 20 points, eight rebounds, oh, five okay. assists, rookie year. Sorry, that, that makes a lot more sense. I when like, I said hey, it, bro, it sounded gonna... like I said twenty eight, but I that's what I meant. Okay, <laughs> but like I, I think offensively, he's just he's so gifted already, and I. You know, we do this every year where we look at guys who have higher floors and just immediately say that their ceilings aren't as high. That's just because they don't have as much room to improve. I mean Fair. that their ceiling isn't as high. Like he, he's, you know, he's what, two, three inches shorter than Chet, moves incredibly. Like he is, he's everything I think I would want in the bat, in, in the NBA today in terms of a wing who, who can handle the ball and do, and do multiple things. I mean, yeah. I'm really excited for him, but with that being said, you know, my, my favorite player growing up was Dirk Nowitzki. And I don't know if you saw the video where Chet hits the little one-legged, one-legged fadeaway and they, like, sync him up and it looks almost identical. That, that sold me. I was like, this is, this is my guy. This is the, the tall white guy who can kind of put it on the floor and score. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think the... <laughs> Uh, I saw that same video and like, yeah, the the actual shot looked like Dirk, but the way he got into this shot was Kevin Durant. Yes, it, it was, was. kind of crazy. It really was. It's kind of wild. Dude, like, like this the way he moved with the book, like the way he handled that possession and got to the spot he wanted to shoot from. That was literally vintage Kevin Durant. Oh, it was without a doubt. Without a doubt. Speaking of Kevin Durant, go ahead. Just go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. I need to talk about the Kings for a second. Okay. You go first, because I've kind of pulled back on my take on this a little bit. When it well, you're just I, I think you're because you he played well in his first summer league game. Is that why? He's played well in all three of them. And look, Ke- Keegan Murray's gonna play in the NBA for like twelve years. I don't think okay, he, Kevin you can O'Connor. Deny that. He can do everything you want. Like it's like he's he's not, he's not gonna be a superstar. And I firmly believe that if you have the fourth pick in the NBA draft and you have a chance to grab a guy like Jaden Ivey, who could be a superstar. Could be the best player in the draft. He could be. And like, like you take him. But with that being said, man, I, I don't want to get into this too early because this, this is going to set up something else I had for you. But that's, that's okay. In order for the Kings to do what they're wanting to do now, and that's win immediately because they feel like their jobs are on the line, that whole entire front office, I understand they the just take. want to play in a play-in game. <laughs> Seriously. And here's the thing. Here's just the thing I don't understand. This, this is what kind of drives me crazy about it. As soon as the Pistons drafted Jay Nivey, they immediately received phone calls. People asking about a trade. And you're telling me you can't trade out of the fourth pick? Like, the Pacers wanted Jay Nivey. And they could have gotten Keegan Murray at six. He's cheaper. You get more picks. Like, why are you not trading out of the pick? That, that was what bothered me. That's the whole thing. Like, sure, Keegan Murray might be, you know, all right. You know, but like you had... You had better plays. You had better, like, you could have still ended up with him. If that was your guy, you still could have ended up with him, and then you could have some assets on top of that. Totally agree. Like, there was just, there was just a, like, it's just the Kings being Kings, and, like, and not in a good way. Like, I love, <laughs> so, you know, they've got a really rough draft history of passing on players that wind up being really, really good. My gosh, them and the Timberwolves. And I just, I love the take of the fact that the Kings passed on Jaden Ivey just tells me he's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm also really, really down on Keegan Murray. He, I, I don't think he's going to be that good. Really? That's, I mean, yeah. He's very skilled. I just skilled. don't think he's got it. He, I, I don't think he does either, but he's very skilled. I think he can play in multiple offenses. His game's very polished. Like, I don't think he's going to get any better, like, 
Jaden Ivey will and Paula Bancaro will and Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith. I don't think he gets much better, but his game, I think, is very fit for the NBA just simply because he's 6'8", he moves his feet well, he can defend multiple positions, he can knock down an open three. Like, But that's not what you want out of the number four overall pick. Yeah, he just gives me that, like, Rocco, you know, that that those type of vibes. Like a wing that, you know, can be in a rotation, but it's not going to, like, he'll probably play on, like, six different teams. Like, probably sign for the mid-level exception and the veterans minimum by yeah. the time he's in, you know. Like, and I just feel like if you're the Kings, take the swing. I feel like they never take the swing. Even if, I, I would have rather them take um, Matherin out of Arizona. Yeah. He's going to be good. I like him a lot. I think there's a lot of hype. Man, he's, he is, he's just, I, I love, so being here in, in Indiana, like, obviously I'm, I'm hearing a lot of stuff on him, and maybe that's why I'm buying into the hype is because everybody's just really, really excited about him. But the interchangeability they're going to have between him and Halliburton in the backcourt, two guys who can play with and without the basketball, I think I think that's why I really like him. Guys who can do multiple things, guys who can play off the ball, I think are really valuable, especially now in a league where every star, except for Steph Curry, has to have the ball in, in their hands at some capacity. So I don't know, I'm I'm excited about his versatility. He's also like six seven. He's tall and long, projects as a good defender because of that. But you know, we'll we'll see. I have, we haven't seen I him play in summer games. I don't think he has the handle. I don't think he has the I don't think he has the handle to be a primary or secondary ball handle. Well, that worries me. If he's playing with Halliburton, I don't think he'll be the primary. Um, no, he's not. I'm just saying, you know, if so you, you want to like stagger them, if you want to stagger them or whatever, like I just don't think Matherin, he he will he can develop it. Guys don't just get better at dribbling. Ask Jalen Brown. Uh, um, so so you don't like Jabari Smith? Is, is that what I'm hearing? I like Jabari Smith because of you know he's not going to be asked to be the two on a team that's trying to make the playoffs like Matherin is. He's going to, you know, he's going to be a, Jabari is going to be a rim protector. He's going to be able to hit threes, um, you know, get to the rim occasionally with the size and play decent defense. I just don't think, you know, Matherin doesn't have the same physical abilities as Jabari. Fair. Jabari, Jabari can overcome a little bit of those, you know, skill deficiencies because of his size. That's fair. That's very but fair. I, I, I have cooled on Jabari quite a bit. I have too. I like looking now. He's definitely number three of those three guys. Yeah, but okay. But if he can shoot it, he's valuable. Yeah, that's true. There aren't very many six ten guys that move like he does that can shoot the basketball. So for sure. All right. Speaking of six ten guys who can move and shoot the basketball, Kevin Durant. I just go ahead, man. I got on Twitter today and I saw this art, this like tweet of Shannon Sharp going nuts on him, like saying. You know, he needs Steph Curry for his legacy. You know, LeBron, of course, LeBron got mentioned, but LeBron delivered a championship to every team he's ever been on and been the leader. And, you know, he needed Steph to save his legacy. Without Steph, he's like, you know, we think of him so differently, which we would, first of all. And then I got to thinking, you know, I've always been kind of anti, I haven't been anti Kevin Durant, but I've been like, what's he done? Yeah. And I think I'm I'm going to have a hot take alert. Can we get like an alarm in here? Like, sure. Why not? I, I can find one. <laughs> Kevin Durant is a glorified Bradley Beal. Oh, wow. That is a hot take. Okay. You know, I, 
I, I trust you when it comes to stuff like this. So walk me through it. An incredible talent. One of the most talented players we've seen in our lifetime. But it's getting clearer and clearer that he can't be the number one on a team that wins a championship. And you can say that he was the number one with the Warriors. You can look at the stats. But how's he, how's he getting to that point? Is, is it him just ice-wing and taking the ball? Or is it Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the threat of them shooting, allowing him to work one-on-one in space? If you gave Bradley Beal that kind of space, Bradley Beal would put up those type of numbers. He's an all-time talent. He just can't win and be the focal point of a winning team. I think that's fair. I, I heard an interesting thing, right? Like there's very, I thought you'd push back on that. No, no, no. Because no. I, I I I agree with you to a certain extent. Like Bradley Beal, not not quite the talent of Kevin Durant. But like I, no. I, I get your point as a whole. I think that it's really, really hard to be both an absolutely extraordinary player and also an extraordinary leader. And let's just be honest. If you're best friends with Kyrie Irving, you're a little weird. And I think Kevin Rant's a little weird. Um, he apparently the happiest he's ever been is when he lived in Austin, Texas, which, you know, that's that just tells you enough right there. You gotta be really weird to put up with those people. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, like and I like I was saying, like, I think it's really hard to be both a great leader and a great player. That's what makes guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Steph Curry and Tim Duncan even. That's what sets them apart from really, really good basketball players. And that's why those guys win multiple championships. So Yeah, I, and so we got to, like, I think it's starting, people are starting to come around on it, but Kevin Durant's not a top 20 player all time. That's that's a little more spicy. Man, he's, he's not. What is he? I mean, he's won what? One MVP? He's, he's the, won, he's the he, best all, scorer ever. Like, he's, he's I don't an think that's unreal true. matchup. Like okay, he's one sure. of the best scorers ever, but okay. he's not the best. He's he's in like the top tier of scores ever. He's the toughest matchup ever. Sure. Like well, I mean, he's that might be Giannis, but I don't or know. Shaq. Dude. The way he handles the ball and he's just like you, you see what I'm saying though. I I think the talent level is so high, it's hard to not have him in the top twenty. Because if, if you don't have him in the top twenty, that means like look, guys like Dirk Nowitzki. Like that's that's my favorite player. If you have Dirk, if you have Kevin Durant outside the top twenty, that means you would think Dirk Nowitzki is a better basketball player all time than Kevin Durant. What? I don't think Dirk's anywhere close to the top twenty all time. Oh wow! Okay. Come on, dude, that's ridiculous. Okay, I mean, okay, whatever. He might, he might not be top thirty-five, top forty. Oh, don't do that. I'm don't being dead serious, Dirk. bro. He changed basketball. No, we We're didn't. We're getting way off topic here. Mehmet Okur changed basketball. The first stretch forever. Anyway, the best European basketball. Doesn't matter. Okay. Any- no, it's Luka. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, yeah, it is now. No, Fair. but my thing with Kevin Durant is like, you know, he's run out of time. And we all thought that, you know, he would be something where, you know, we would look at him on the same same plane as LeBron. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. He just is what he is. Yep. Totally agree. And it's, it's time that people are, and I think they are, it's time for people to start coming around that Kevin Durant's a great talent, just not, you know, a top 10, you know, top 15 type player. He's really good. He'll go down in history. We'll remember Kevin Durant, you know, but he's probably, you know, on the same level as uh, Charles Barkley or someone like that. That's fair. 
So let me throw one more Kevin Durant thing at you before we get into Kyrie Irving. Did you listen to the podcast on Tuesday by any chance? If not, you're good. So basically, I, I opened with this take. You said fortunately? Is that what you I said, said unfortunately. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so I opened with this take. You know, Kevin Durant came, comes out, demands the trade, asks to be sent to Phoenix or Miami. And I'll be honest with you, dude. If I was Kevin Durant, I would not want to play for Phoenix. And no. here's why. Chris Paul is, he's 38. He's, he's on the way down, whether, you know, you want to admit it or not. Like, I think everybody kind of knows he is. On top of that, why did he not want to go and play for the Knicks when he was a free agent? Because no one does. Well, you, you, why? Because the owner up there is terrible. He's Facts. awful. You want to sit here and tell me that the Phoenix Suns owner is much better? He's about to, like, lose his job. He's and, about to have to sell the team. That's, like, that's how bad he is. And, like, do you really want to go somewhere for four years or three years or whatever it ends up being whenever they get rid of him and be with an an owner like that? Like, sure, you get to play with Devin Booker, but we saw what Devin Booker was. Oh, gosh, don't get me started. I I know. I I think he'd be much better off going to Miami. I'd love to see him in New Orleans. Um, Toronto. Toronto. That, the, the, the Toronto Lakers. one, the, the, yeah, the Lakers. <laughs> he won't do that. Okay. So before we talk Kyrie, because I know you, you're a little bit more hopeful about Kyrie going to the Lakers than I am. I, I don't think it's happening. Well, I, let me let me take that back. I don't think you can trade Westbrook straight or Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker or whatever it was for Kyrie and Joe Harris straight up, simply because the Nets have talked a lot about wanting draft picks. The Lakers just don't have that. So I was I was thinking today, what team is absolutely desperate who has a lot of draft picks? And my first thought was the Timberwolves. And I was like, oh, wait, no. They give up five of those for yeah. Rudy Gobert. God, See, wait. I was right all along. He's worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we talked about the Kings a little bit earlier. But they're moving right now just to make the playoffs. And when you look at that team, you've got De'Aaron Fox— they traded for DeMontis Sabonis. You know, Love they traded guy. for Kevin Herter. They signed Malik Monk. They draft Keegan Murray. And when you just, when you look at their roster, they lack some shooting. They shot 34% from three last year. I think that was like 25th or 26th in the NBA. That's really, really yeah, bad. Yeah, not great. Not great. So, I think if I'm the Lakers, I'm calling Sacramento. And this is the trade that, that I would try to put together. For Kyrie. For Kyrie. No, no, no. So, well, Kyrie ends up with the Lakers. Okay. In this. Yeah, yeah. Three-way deal. So the Nets get Westbrook, Davion Mitchell, both of the Lakers' first-round draft picks, the, the two that they have available to trade, and two of the Kings' future first-round picks. The Lakers get Kyrie Irving, their guy, uh, Justin Holiday and Alex Lynn just to make salary stuff work. You were on trade. You were on trade. I was. Finder or whatever. I, was. I, I had a lot of free time today. And then the Kings get Joe Harris to add shooting depth. Thoughts? Yeah. I don't know why the Kings would do it. They need shooting and they're the Kings? <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you're saying. It's I would love that. If any scenario in which Kyrie ends up on the Lakers, I'm in for. I just couldn't. I just can't see the Kings 
parting ways for that return. I just, you know, maybe maybe they don't give up Mitchell. Like m- maybe they want to keep him with the hundred other guards that they have. Um, but still, man, like it's, it's just like like if you're the Kings and they're in this total desperation mode, I I think that they might be desperate enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like the Kings have like saved them, given themselves a little time with the recent additions and trades they've made. I feel like they need to see if that works out first before they go messing with stuff. That's fair. And they they must believe in Keegan Murray as well. Like, oh yeah, he can shoot it. Like he that's one thing that, you know, I, I know you're not you're not as high on him as I am, but like you can't deny that. That guy can shoot the basketball. Yeah, and also like I guess that trade like how much do you value Davion Mitchell? You know, he played well the second half of the season, but what does he give you, you know, to He's make in, him a, an asset in a trade like this, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I thought it'd be interesting. I just I don't know of another way you get Kyrie to LA. At least like well, there, there there has to be a third team in there somewhere so that the Nets can get what they want. They're saying the Spurs. I think they're reporting the Spurs are talking about talks with the two with the Nets and the Lakers. But here's here's my thing. Like, like the if he's going to get traded, it's going to be the Lakers. They're the only team where it makes sense to take on the baggage, take on the 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 contract They're for the one year trade. Willing to, <laughs> the only yeah. team that's willing to, and like, that's the as, thing. They're the they only should. fit. They're yeah. the only team that that makes it that can make it work. No other team is, you know, going to give up the assets that the Nets would ask um, for Kyrie for one year. Kyrie, yeah. it's just not like the Lakers. It's Lakers or he stays with the Nets. But I do think eventually the Lakers give in and give that twenty seven and twenty ninth pick or that twenty seven and twenty nine uh, pick unprotected for him. I think they have to. I think yeah. when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you're coming off a bad year and you know you get younger in free agency and who knows how those guys are going to turn out, I think you have to do it. You have to roll the dice. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Like if you come out of what? It's going to be what? Four years of LeBron James or five in LA? This will be year five. You go through five uh, years of LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you only win one championship? I just I that's a failure in my eyes just because of it's how much talent. It's not a failure. They got the they got what they they got. They, they missed they the playoffs. They won one twice, and like, but they should they should win more than one. It's not over yet. It's not. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's why they're they're pushing to go get him. It, it'll be interesting. I'm, and the, the other thing too, I have to ask you about this. Yeah, because I I do think that even if the Lakers go get Kyrie, there's a glaring gaping hole. With this Lakers team that I just don't know how they feel. <laughs> Who are they going to have play defense? Lonnie Walker. You tell me 38-year-old LeBron James is going to be your best defender in the playoffs? Lonnie Walker will or D up your best player. Lonnie Walker's the Giannis stopper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. They they don't have great defenders, but I think they have great individual players that could could, you know, with the right mix – you know, this is all contingent on Kyrie. Like I texted you that day, I think if the Lakers get Kyrie, they're immediate contenders. Oh, g- contenders for sure. I don't. I don't. I think you said favorites. I don't know if I'd have him as the favorite. I don't know if I said favorite. I think I said contender. But I think it's neither said, here nor there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's do a quick I'm check. Let's. Yeah, I'm. I'm, right, I'm pretty sure you said. 
pretty sure you said favorites. I hope I hope you did. Because that, that makes this way better. Uh, way younger already. I said, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> I love that that was my response. Favorites. I meant favorites, but I meant like, they're like, yeah. they're in the favorites. They're contenders, but I'm, yeah. So, I'm with you. Yeah, I right. mean, they are for sure. Like, they'll have so much talent that you, you have to say that they are. But I, mean, I just, I don't know what Golden State's going to look like this year. Just simply because all those guys are, are a year older, but Wiseman's back. Kaminga's a year older. Moody's a year older. So the development of young guys is going to kind of, I think, dictate how they look. They'll um, be good. They'll be in yeah, the mix. Yeah, they will be. Um, I know I know you don't like the Clippers, but... They'll be in the mix. They'll, They're they, in the they mix should be for really real. Good. Oh, they added John Wall. Yeah. I mean, it's... They're really in the mix. They are. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, we, we know Boston's going to be really good. I love... The addition of Brogdon. Um, yeah, I, that's a really good trade. He, that's he exactly what them. they would. That's exactly what they needed. That is exactly what they needed. They added um, Gallinari as well, just for more depth out there on the wing. They're going to be really good. The Bucks are going to be really good again. Bringing back Chris Middleton. The um, Suns will be good. They're the new Jazz. <laughs> they are. I'm telling they are. you, they're the new Jazz. They are. Oh, that's funny. That's. Yeah, that's exactly right, too. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I think Golden State is still the favorites, though, which, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know if I'd have Golden State as the favorites. I don't, I don't think they'll be as good this next year. I think it's Milwaukee. I, I do, too. I, I mean, yeah. I, I totally it's hard agree. to count out Giannis. It is, especially with, you know, Holiday and with Middleton being back. And even though sneaky signing, I love Golden State going and getting – um, David Chinzo. Mac McGlung. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I love that. It's just another guy who can come in off the bench and shoot the basketball and create. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Then, love that signing. Uh, you know, we'll see where Draymond's at. We'll see where Clay's at. Um, I, I yeah, think Clay I mean, will be better. Having a full offseason, not just getting not getting any older or not getting any younger. Yeah, but I, I think, I, don't know, I, I just think it's hard being thrown being kind of tossed into it halfway through the season when you're coming off having not played in two years. I, I yeah. think he'll I think he'll be more in rhythm. I think he'll have Fair just enough. kind of a better flow to the game. Um but yeah we'll we'll see. Any anything else on on the NBA? No, but I love the NBA because it's the best off season, so it's all year round. Oh yeah. Oh it's hands down the best off season. Yeah, it's awesome. Like it's not even close. Like the NFL offseason has been kind of fun this year, just with like the Baker Mayfield stuff. It's getting better. Like the it's the, not the, same. the Russell Wilson trades, the you know the Tom Brady stuff. Like it's getting better. There's more. There's more fun in it. But it's the NBA still reigns king. Oh, it's yeah, without a doubt. And as long as you know, in Major League Baseball guys are signing twelve year contracts, it'll never sniff. It'll never right. sniff the NBA. Oh, arbitration. Ooh, arbitration. I think I'm worth this much. <laughs> Even though it doesn't matter how much I think I'm worth, the judge is going to pick the, the MLB team because he does every single time. Yeah. Golly. Major League Baseball. I just, I don't even want to talk about it. Growing growing sport. Oh, yeah. Major. Honestly, <laughs> we need to do a pod at some point, probably in August, when it's, you know, when nothing's going on. But we just bring our best and craziest ideas of how to make baseball fun. I think that I I know how to make baseball and fun, and it's no there's no crazy ideas involved, but that's for another day. And we had to invite um, Colasanto for that one. Okay, 
that that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, last thing because I said Carlos Santo. I rewatched the um, replacements the other night. I've, I'm nice. assuming you've seen it. Yeah. Tell with me, Keanu Reeves. Tell me that the leg is not Austin Cross. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, oh man, I I'm gonna tag him in this too. I'm just gonna give him the time mark. <laughs> Listen to this cross because you're catching strays. Everybody oh, does. Man. So today yeah. was just your day. Yeah, you know it, it had to happen at some point. It had yep. to happen. But we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna get into college football. The reason why I had Zach Gray on this podcast because we're talking oh, college football. So we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more shooting the Schmidt. And we're back talking college football alignment. So since it is the Big Ten who made the original big splash for this, give me your thoughts. UCLA, USC to the Big Ten starting in 2024. I hear a bunch of people crying about college football tradition, and it's so annoying. It really is. Like we haven't seen teams change conferences or conferences get completely obliterated for the entirety of college athletics. Like, it happens all the time. Yep. Even back when, you know, you know, our older college football fans were our age, like the, conferences were moving around. Last time I checked, the Southwestern Conference is no longer a thing. <laughs> yeah, like, give me a break with that stuff. You know what it is? People, it's people that are upset that their teams aren't in it. Yep. That's what it is. Totally it's agree. jealousy. Oh my gosh. When we, so I've got a list later of teams that I think are going to move next and need to move next. I mean, I've got a, just a funny story of when I got on Twitter earlier today. When when we get to that. Um, yeah. Did you hear about the Big 12 and what they're doing with the Pac-12? They're trying to go after, you know, the bigger fi- the rest of the Six. big fish in the Pac-12. Six teams. Talking yep. to them all this week. Uh, Oregon, I, Washington, Washington State, no. Stanford. So I've got everything I read was Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, and Utah. So okay. they're leaving out Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Which, like, who cares about those four schools? Stanford hadn't been good since Andrew Luck. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, like, people are like, what about the other sports? It's all about football because that's who makes all the money. And, and basketball, but yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like for most schools, like, unless you're Duke. North Carolina, Kansas, schools like that that really have like deep, deep basketball tradition. Your money maker is football. Yeah, I I disagree. I think I, obviously football makes more money, but ba- basketball brings in a ton of money for you know schools that aren't those blue bloods. Yeah, like I guess. it's definitely a money maker. Oh, for sure, for sure. They're they're definitely the the top two. Yeah. So I, man, I, so I, I used to believe that we were headed towards. Four 16-team conferences. And I don't think I believe that anymore. I think we're heading towards three 20-team conferences. And I think when we get to that point, those three conferences are going to break away from, from, from the NCAA. Because at that point, like you have enough teams <clears throat> and enough people that you don't need the NCAA. You, like, you don't need them. And you can do everything on your own. Which means Notre Dame's going to have to join a conference. Oh, yeah. Where do you think they end up? Because I, I definitely think that they're the next big chip to fall in all of this. Um, I think they end up in like I think they end up in whatever new iteration of the ACC. Really? Be. Yeah. 
Okay. I, they already have ties. They already, you know, kind of play like a flex ACC schedule. Like, you know, in basketball, they're in the ACC. Like, yeah. I just think that would be, I don't think they want to the smoke with Ohio State. I'm being like, I know I'm an Ohio State fan, but I don't think they want to the smoke. Speaking they of which, talk. they open with Ohio State this year. Oh, yeah, I know. It's going to be a bloodbath. The radio station I work for, we are the Indianapolis affiliate for Notre Dame, which means your boy will hopefully be in Columbus for that game, sitting in a press box with a press pass. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, give me a ticket. If I can, you know I will. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I really do think Notre Dame ends up in the ACC because, um, you know, they joined the Big Ten, um, you know, all the things that, you know, they have an advantage on with those teams in the Midwest are no longer there. I think if they join a team, you know, join the ACC with, you know, those teams out in the East Coast, Carolinas, that area, Florida, I think it, they still get to keep their Midwest advantage and have the first crack at some of these Midwest recruits. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you get closely knitted to the Big Ten where everyone's recruiting and it just kind of makes it to where I feel like your player base isn't as strong. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. You're the first person I've heard say that. Because I, I like them in the Big Ten just simply because of geography. It's just easier on top of that, they used to have a rivalry with USC. I think geography you know, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. That's what I said. That's what I said on Tuesday. I was like, UCLA and USC just completely blew that argument out of the yeah. water. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I just they, they feel very Big Ten to me. You know, you know what I mean. You don't think so? I don't think they feel Big Ten at all. I think, I think they're soft. Um, so I think they I need to it. go play NC State. And we, we agree, Virginia. Uh, every year. Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. And then we can watch him get slapped around by Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, like being from around this area, Notre Dame, and you've been here. Have you been here for a college football season yet? I, I got here in, at like the, the tail Midwest. end. Well, you'll, you'll find out. They a do not lot, get big Ten vibes. Dude, a lot of Notre Dame fans here, here in Indy, and they're terrible to talk to. Yeah, they, they are not a, they're not Big Ten material. <laughs> they're 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 independent material. And honestly, I think wherever they go, they're gonna get slapped around. Even if yeah. they end up in the ACC. Like it'll take them three or four years. Because let's be honest, like like let's let's look at their schedule now. They're gonna open with Ohio State. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm I'm gonna guess it. It's gonna be pretty spot on, I feel like. They're gonna open with, with Ohio State, and they always open with somebody tough because they have, you know, the entire offseason, all the extra time to prep. And then, yep. you know, e- even if they lose, we're like, you know what? They held on. And they they didn't look terrible. And then, you know, they go win their next, like, five or six games. And then they play, you know, in the past, it would be like USC. It'd be like some team out, out on the West Coast who's, like, kind of good, who, like, used to be really, really good. And then they go and they beat them. And everyone's like, oh, watch out for Notre Dame. Watch out for Notre Dame. And then they went out. They go, like, 11-1, 12-0. And then we say, you know what? This team is good enough to be in the top four, and then they yeah, get every year, and then they get smacked. That's just that's that's the that's the way of Notre Dame. Um, it's a tale as old as time. It really is, because <laughs> I just don't know what to do with them because they help your conference. If you, they join, they have money wise. Oh my god, following. Yes. Yeah, it helps. But like, I'm so anti Notre Dame. It's not even funny. 
Yeah. Um, a lot of people are. Oh, here we go. Here we go. They play Ohio State. Okay. That's a loss. Yes, it is. Marshall, California, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, Boston College, USC. I mean, pretty close, I feel like. Yeah. So, but like, if that's – l- let's see, though. Like, they're that independent is, now. That's a lot of ACC teams. That's what I'm saying. They're already basically like a de facto ACC team. Yeah. Like, imagine what that schedule would sound like if it was, like, on the road at Penn State, on the road at Michigan, you know, whole, like, playing a Big Ten schedule. Notre Dame would fall into, like, irrelevancy. Oh. Like, Clay Helton, USC irrelevancy. Yeah, I'm with you. T- totally agree. So I think I'm talking myself in for self selfishly that I want them to join the Big Ten, but if if it was me making the decision, I would do everything I can to to stay, you know, to have to play. What if you they know, join the Big Virginia. Twelve? Then? What if they join the the Big Twelve then? If you want, in terms of because like they still keep that recruiting advantage of being in the Midwest. Because like like even the ACC, like you have Pitt up there, which I guess would be the closest team to them. But yeah. if they join the Big Twelve. I mean, there's nobody close. Yeah, I don't think they want that smoke either. Or Oregon, potentially, Washington. Yeah. But, like, yeah. let's be honest. Like, if, if they don't grab either one of them, then the best team in that conference is Oklahoma State. Baylor. Baylor, yeah. And then, like, that's kind of it. Yeah. So, if you want to yeah, go with I mean, the, the they don't want the smoke thing, we know one thing's for sure. They're not joining the SEC, and they're not joining the Big Ten no. if they don't want the smoke. No, I don't. I don't know. Am I? Am I honest? I just feel like they're not the type to to like look for the know, fight. Take take it head on. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah uh, I think it's fair, and you can see it in their scheduling. Like they can literally schedule anybody they want, any time of the year, and they choose to play like Marshall and BYU, which BYU is usually okay. But like, yeah, like like there's a reason why they don't play a tough schedule when they very easily could. Right, and it's not well. You know, they're playing Ohio State, but, like... It's week one. Happened. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I'm, Notre Dame, you know, I really hope that they do join a conference just because I think it would kind of wipe off that lore that we have with them of, like, oh, they're independent, they're Notre Dame, they're this brand on their own. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't like Notre Dame. <laughs> Neither one of but, us do. Um, but, no, as far as the entire conference realignment... I don't know how you can can look at it and think like this is bad. It's good for college football. It More is. teams are going to play similar competition week in and week out, and you're not going to have those weeks where you know you're like, oh, the college football slate sucks this week. You know, yep. we totally got no agree. matchups. Totally agree. I so here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the ACC is the next conference to collapse, just simply because they've just been so like content. You know, like, well, we're just going to, you know, stay at 14 teams and whatever. Meanwhile, you know, the SEC has been on the phone with teams all week. You know that, well, obviously, you know, the Big 12 has. Um, I'm sure that the Big 10, I'm surprised that they aren't trying to talk to, I'm sure that they're talking to Oregon and Washington right now, trying yep. to add them as well. So, like, if you're the ACC, like, I, I know that, like, geography doesn't matter, but I, I feel like it's different going from California to, like, Ohio than going from Oregon to, like, Tallahassee, Florida. You right. know, like, that's a little bit different. So I just, I don't like the idea of the ACC grabbing Washington or Oregon. So I think that they're the next to fall. And so I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got four teams that I think the SEC need, needs to be on the phone with right now. Let's hear them. 
Number one is North Carolina. I'd have been on the phone with them yesterday. Because I, okay. I, I think one of the things that people don't talk about enough when we talk about this realignment stuff is these conferences not only want to add good teams, they also want to get into new markets, right? So, right. like, Big Ten expands into California. The SEC would be able to expand into N- North Carolina. That's also a team that's been pretty good at football these past few years. Obviously, we yeah. don't have to talk about the basketball stuff. Speaking of which, imagine getting a North Carolina-Kentucky basketball matchup every single year. That'd be a lot of fun. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, I've got Virginia for kind of a similar reason. Um, Ew. You, you don't like it? They're not. They're. I don't see what value they add. New market. Good basketball program. Virginia. That's, yeah, but that's, like that's, that's the not, number one. That, that's the number one football program in the state of Virginia. I know, but like that's not like a traditional power, like college football state. Well, sure, I agree with that. You, you don't. You could say that. Like, why don't they go add? Uh, you know, South Dakota State to get the South Dakota market. I think like, you know, it just doesn't. But like Virginia's a bigger state than South Dakota. Virginia's got a bigger following than South Dakota. Are we sure? I mean, that's the only team in South Dakota, and they're the best team in the FCS. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess. I mean, North Dakota. North yeah, Dakota yeah. is what I meant. But they're the they're the biggest team in North Dakota. They're like they're yeah. like go grab North Dakota State. You currently the, like you'll get the North Dakota five. market. You see what I'm saying? Like the idea of adding a new market that's available and semi-close. There's better teams in that conference that would that you would that you could tap into other than Virginia. But I, Jonathan, I think it's it's more heck? it's more than just the team though. It's adding a new market, a new a new place to like broadcast your conference. Yeah, you so could like, do that. Why like, do you want so the, like the I've, Virginia market when you can go get the the South Carolina market? Or, they're already in South Carolina. They have South Carolina University. And like, or, like, and like, I yeah. like if if you want to add just really, really good teams, then obviously the list is really different. Then you're calling Clemson, you're calling Miami, which I've both those teams are on my list. But because they're already in Florida and they're already in South Carolina, I don't think that you'd the rather SEC have Virginia is, is than drawn. Virginia Tech. E- either one, honestly, I was about to say like if you rather have Virginia Tech, then like we can sub them in and out. I just saying that I, I think the SEC wants to get into another state. I this I I'm. I'm lost on this one. I don't think the market is big enough for the conference that makes the most money just to add Virginia or Virginia Tech. So, well, I mean, is there another state that like that you would want to add? Because like I, I do think it's important that these t- these conferences want to be in as many markets as possible. Like that's yeah, but it has to that's make why, sense though. That's why the SEC wanted to add Oklahoma. That's why the SEC when when they added A and M and Missouri. It was about adding the state of Texas and adding the state of Missouri on top of what those prog- programs already brought. I agree, but that's you're talking about the best conference in the country that brings in the most money in the country. You know, I think you could you can be a little more pick you can pick and choose a little more than For just sure. going into the Virginia market just because. I guess. I, I, I guess I probably should have had Notre Dame on there in place because you add the market of Indiana and one Chicago. of the biggest. Yeah, Chicago as well. Yeah. Um, you're right. But like, you Sorry. see what I'm saying though? Like the importance of adding different yeah, no, markets I is, agree. is important. I just, I was just like, Virginia, what in the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my last two are Clemson and Miami. One more thing. I guess it's no different than the Big Ten trying to get the New Jersey market with Rutgers. Yeah, but seriously. At that time, at that time, it wasn't. It wasn't the same. But I guess I see your point. It just threw me off a little bit. But I also <laughs> think the SEC has the ability to be 
a little like pick their spots a little better. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I'm taking back my hate a little bit, like ten percent. Okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, it's it's going to be interesting. And look, I'm. Who are your last two, by the way? Clemson and Miami. Yeah. That's a, that's perfect. I, I would say Florida State, but Florida State hasn't been good in a long time, which makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, and Miami Miami is State. if you can sec- like you said, if you can secure Miami. That's that's, like, a that's, market that's one want. of the five biggest cities in the is it one yeah. of the five biggest cities? It's one of the biggest Probably. cities of the country. You you see that. That's a market you want. Yeah, for sure. So you think those those teams, man, and I'm excited, dude. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for I, oh, okay. Before 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 we move on, I was on Twitter today. And I texted you. I said I saw North Carolina State was trending on Twitter, and I was like, "Did like somebody move? Like, did some did somebody, yeah. somebody switch conferences?" And so I started clicking on it, and I'm like scrolling through these tweets, and it's all these upset NC State fans because they're not as relevant as North Carolina. <laughs> There was like an article that came out and it was like why North Carolina should leave the ACC and join the SEC. And it's all these fans like, I don't understand why people want North Carolina and not North Carolina State. It's only because it's nothing a, better. It's only because it's a national brand, okay? Dude, there's nothing better <laughs> than so like great. salty college football fan bases. Oh, there's not. It's it was so funny. I mean, like there was one, it was just the most outrageous thing ever. Like, probably true, but Still just outrageous. They were like, if Dean Smith and Michael Jordan had been playing at North Carolina State, and there's like no duh. All this it was like, <laughs> yeah, bro, like of course, you know? And I um, do think I tweeted at one guy, I really wish he'd responded. It'd have been a lot of fun. I was like, What's it like to know that Duke in academic school is a bigger draw in, co- in college sports than NC State? And he he was too salty to reply, huh? I guess. Oh Here, my gosh. One one more thing I'll add on the conference stuff. I don't think we're going to see this big colossal shift all at once. It, oh, yeah. You know, it's, I don't even think we're going to get to, you know, 20 team conferences anytime soon. Um the Big 10 at 18. I I know, but you said you you said 320 team conferences, yeah. right? That's what Yeah, I just don't I I can see it happening. I can't see it being like you know, by the year 2026, it's that way. Like, I think this is going to be a gradual thing. I think we're going to have an initial, like, changing around, and then conferences will be their conferences for a little bit, and then we'll see that big boom if we ever get one. So here's – okay. So as of right now, with the addition of USC and UCLA, the Big Ten's at 18? I don't think they're that high. Or I think they're they're at 16. They're at 16, and if they add Oregon and Washington, then they'd be at 18. Okay. Uh, the Big 12, if they add four of the six, they'll be at 16. Uh, and look, I think, look, Oregon and Washington at, are going somewhere. Because they're losing Oklahoma and Texas. See, they were at, hmm, they're at 10. They lost Oklahoma and Texas, which which took them to eight. Then they added Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about that I guess them to yeah. 12. And then if they add these four Pac-12, that, that yeah. gets them to 16. When the SEC adds Oklahoma and Texas in 2025, and they'll be at 16 then. So, like, you're not far away. It's it's really going to come down to how willing is the, the ACC, like how, how long how long are they going to hold up? Those are still power conferences. I think they'll they'll be able to hold their own for at least a little bit longer. Yeah, 
For sure. But yeah, it's not bad for college football. Like you're still going to get your tradition. It's still not going to be like the NFL. Like oh, there's no. still kids playing at the end of the day and anything can happen. Yep. Like it's not, it's not going to take away from your precious little college football. It's going to make it better. You can get upset now, but watch in a couple years, it's going to be the best product they've ever had. Oh yeah. W- without a doubt. And honestly, like it's so much is going to get added to it because uh, so playoff I saw thing, expansion, all that stuff. Playoff expansion. The SEC has talked about doing an SEC conference tournament, which would like imagine if because look, like obviously when you have sixteen teams in a conference, not everybody can play everybody, and so it kind of makes right. it hard to, to decipher like who's better and all that. You know, you you get rid of you know divisions or whatever, and I think a lot of teams are going to do the whole pod thing, right? Where you have like three yeah. set opponents and you're rotating, and then you just take your top four and then you say. Playoff. Here we go. Yeah. No, I like I, I like that idea. The I, I, pod I, I system think be, plus the the conference tournament. The, yeah, it's a good idea. I think that'd be a lot. That'd be so much more fun. You know why? It's just it's it also more, more games. meaningful games. It's yeah. More, yeah. I, I we're we're on the same page with that. That's that's the thing with college football. That's like the one downside. It's like you know, there's certain laws throughout the season where it's not like every Sunday on the NFL, like it's going to be a close game. It's going to be you know, and it matters. A three point spread, and it matters. Like. You know, I I am okay with with Ohio State playing Akron at the beginning of the season to get ready. Oh yeah, know, for sure. Get right, but like they need like these top teams and and basically all these teams need to play a better schedule. And I think it helps recruiting for guy for teams that aren't those big powerhouses because hey, look, we do get to compete against the best. Like come to our school and you'll compete against the best. You see how you'll stack up. You're not playing Eastern Carolina every week, like yep. stuff like like you know what I mean. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, with that being said, I also think that the SEC should make a move to add Stanford just to give Vanderbilt some competition in the uh, right. the academic department. I had some someone <laughs> said Stanford should join the Ivy League, and we're serious about it, <laughs> dude. They would run through teams over there. They wouldn't make they would be they wouldn't be Stanford anymore. Like their their football team makes them probably quite a bit of money and their basketball team probably makes them quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep sports. And they should. Like yeah. They're not going to go play Ivy League sports. Well, Ivy League sports, I don't think you're allowed to offer scholarships. Right. Like they're not going to go play <laughs> Ivy League that. sports. That would be wild. That would be insane. Yeah, not going to happen. Not not happening. No way. No way. So Baker Mayfield, oh all, God, on the move. Um, this this puts to death. Even though it was reported today that Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are quote going to compete, where to, Jay Smith was wrong, extremely wrong, like burn it to the ground, wrong. Uh, the report is that Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are going to compete for the starting spot. But let's just be honest you don't you don't make a trade for a quarterback unless you're going to play him. Even though, I will say, they're only paying Baker Mayfield $5 million. Yeah. And it was only a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your, your dream might still be alive. It, it might be. And if it is, I will throw a freaking parade if Sam Darnold <laughs> starts over Baker Mayfield. Just saying. Um, not going to happen. On top of that, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, why are you not giving up a fifth-round pick for Baker Mayfield? Because you have Drew Locke, and he puts on for a city. See, this this is the moment where I wish I, I had invited the U.S. Open social media intern yeah. to come on the podcast. That was hilarious. Dude, 
just ca- talk about catching strays. Like, imagine me and Drew Locke, and you get on. And it's just like, and by the way, I will say, I, I do appreciate him hopping on there being like, happy Independence Day, especially the social media intern at the U.S. Open. <laughs> like, I, I, I do respect that. Like, guys who can take, you know, the bull crap that they get right. from being an athlete and, like, being able just to roll with it. I, I, I do like seeing that. But, dude, just... <laughs> You're about to watch 17 games of Drew Locke. That's crazy. And then he posted the top 40 quarterbacks. And he was like, aren't there only 32 NFL yeah, teams? crazy. <laughs> Insane. But no— uh, For a moment there, I was like, is Zach, is Zach Gray the intern over there at the U.S. Yeah, Open? <laughs> no kidding. It, I can't help myself on that app. Um, I can't. I, I can't control can. myself. I can. I've, I've had to learn to. I can't because— you. You know what it is? Are we done with Baker Mayfield? Come on. Okay. Really, really quickly. I I don't think that the story here is Baker Mayfield's going to go play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. I think the story is the Browns don't give up Baker Mayfield unless they think unless they think Deshaun Watson plays this year. No, he's getting suspended for the season. I don't know, man. I just the the relationship I, with I Baker so. was too the, it was too strained. It was too too bad. They. Baker may even if Deshaun Watson got suspended and we knew that, I think they still make the trade. I don't think there was any scenario where Baker played for them again. Yeah, maybe. I just I the, the relationship so was different. too strained. They they literally straight up told him, "We don't think you're good enough. We don't want you." Yeah, fair, fair enough. I really hope the Panthers play the Browns this year. I I could care less. Actually, I want the Browns to lose because the Bengals are in the division. But fair you're. <laughs> You you were much more excited about this trade than I was, dude. I just, I I am man. Like, okay, so it's two average quarterbacks competing for an average team starting position. See, that's the thing, though. Like, Sam Darnold's not Panthers, even average. My, my my thing is like, the NFC is just so wide open. Like, we know that the Buccaneers Jonathan. are good. No, 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 stop. No, stop, hold stop, on, stop, hold stop. on. You are making you are making a. Big point, a big profound point. Let me finish. The the news was Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are having a quarterback battle for a team that sucks. You gotta give me just let me make this a big deal. Let me cook. All right, all right, Pete Carroll. Let me cook. All right. So the NFC wide open, wide open. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Look, dude. I I spent time on this, man. I just like. (laughs) It took like 30 minutes out of my day to do some stuff on this, man. I just want to get it out. So we know that the Buccaneers are going to be really good. We know that the Packers are probably going to be really good. We know that the the Rams are going to be really good. And then outside of that, it's like the 49ers are probably going to be good because they're the 49ers and they're always good. I think the Vikings are going to be really good this year. Um, And then it's like, I don't really know. Yeah, that's true. We have heard that before. And after that, it's like I don't I don't really know. And I just I think there's a world where the Panthers go like eleven and six. But there's also a world where the Panthers go six and eleven. And I just the like the volatility of like <laughs> like a four seed in the playoffs. Or having like a top eight. That's pick in your the draft. big point. I'm just saying. That's your big they might make the playoffs, or they might be one of the worst teams in football. Well, like if if they go eleven and six, they're like the three or they're like the are they going to win the Super Bowl? I mean, honestly, if if the chips, oh god, oh my dude, gosh, dude, it's it's freaking what is it? It's July sixth. Your Sam Darnold 
love is that's has reached full max capacity right that's, now. That, that's really what it is. I'm just I'm so invested in the Sam Darnold thing that I just I don't know, man. You don't see you don't hear me today going. I think the Wolves are Finals favorites because they got Rudy Gobert. Is, like, is, 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 is that is very that similar? This, is that what this trade is? Yes. Like, except you know the Panthers. Except Rudy Gobert is like, actually good. And except the Panthers didn't give up five first round picks. To right, get yeah, him. that's a good point. It's still the most terrible thing. I've, that's one of the worst trades I think of our lifetime. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You know, I just I, <laughs> I spent time on it, man. You did spend time on it. I, I just like I'm blown away that that was like you're that invested in this, and it's it's news. Don't get me wrong, it's news. But you went straight like well, it's open on this one. It's July, man, which means that like you don't want to talk about Chris Bryant or anyone like that. Dude, like <laughs> Chris Bryant, bro, the, the Colorado Rockies really upset me, man. Because I'll be honest, I was fully ready for Chris Bryant to go back to Chicago. I was like, That's here we guy. go, we're gonna get him back. And then the Rockies, who are rebuilding and have been rebuilding for the last thirty years, he just hit his first home run the other day. I know he of did the season. And he plays in Colorado. Let's let's He's not washed. forget that. Wash he King. He's one of two players ever to win the Rookie of the Year and then win the MVP of the next year. And yeah. now he's just like irrelevant. Seriously, it's kind of crazy. Do you know who the other player is? No, Dustin Pedroia. Oh, nice! Isn't that crazy? That's a name drop in 2022, dude. That's like Dustin Pedroia was like one of my favorite players growing up. Yeah, which makes a lot I, of sense. It was sense. a lot of a lot of people are Asia's favorite players who were smaller. Yeah, no offense, but oh, that's no, like for sure. Like, um, oh man, give me your uh, your your baseball takes. I'll be honest, dude. The, the Cubs haven't been very good. <laughs> I don't have any. Well, because you don't want to talk Baker Mayfield, which which means you know. <laughs> no, it's just so dis. My my favorite team is so disappointing, and um, hey, you do have Hunter Green though. We, yeah, he's. I don't know. He's good, but I don't know. Um, but here's what here's what I'll say. I want to see what the team what teams look like after the trade deadline, and then I'll have I'll have better a better idea. You know what's crazy? The New York Yankees are really good. They're in. They're they're probably going to win it all. If if oh. they're probably going to win it all. Oh well, you'll you'll like this then. Um, they're not even the best team in New York. They they are. Come on, man. They're, they are. You and I both know that pitching is what wins it. Yeah, and the Yankees have the best pitching staff in baseball right now. Well, right now, because Scherzer and DeGrom are playing minor yeah, league but baseball. Like, we have team starter ERA, they have the best. Because DeGrom and Scherzer have been hurt. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm not saying that that's not a thing, but right now, the fact is, is that they have the best rotation in baseball. Okay, man. I mean, like, sure. You, as, you're as, counting on Degrom to come back and be healthy for the entire like playoff stretch. Honestly, that, that's that is fair. That's a very very real thing. Um, that's. Well, yeah. I thought Scherzer like just like pulled a muscle and he's been out for months now. Yeah, fair, dude. Did you hear what he did for his yeah, minor league start? Yeah, he bought everyone uh, AirPods and got like seven thousand dollars worth of food. Yeah, what a guy! Yes. I got an argument on Twitter over that. Nice guy of the year. Yeah, I, I, some idiot on there was like, that's like getting your office donuts. 
like just no. trying to downplay it. It's like you got to be kidding me. You're an idiot. You clearly never sniffed any kind of like high level baseball. <laughs> That's yeah. what you said. Yeah. Speaking of which, hot. No, I'm gonna call it a hot take. I, I I feel like you'll you'll agree agree on this with me. Watching baseball with people who never played baseball is worse than watching like any other sport like that. Like 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 watching football with somebody who doesn't really understand football. Like I can like kind of get over it, but like watching baseball with people who just like don't understand is the worst thing ever for me. I see what you're saying. It's it's not that for me. It's the it's the guy who or girl who like thinks that and like like has no self awareness that what they're saying like could be wrong. So they say everything as like a fact. Yes. And like, they're mostly always wrong when they do that. That's my thing about Twitter. It's people that are arrogantly wrong and it's their tone. It's the way they say it. And then they're wrong. And it just irks me. (laughs) So I I went and watched O'Neill Cruz play before he got called up, which if you don't know who that is. Yeah, he's good at sports. He's very good at sports. Even though he was terrible here in Indianapolis, he was hitting like 220 when they called him up. He was bored. He was bored. And you, like, going and watching him, I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, here at, at the station, like, I, I do the updates, and so usually I'm hopping on there. And I'm like, hey, you know, like, this team sucks or whatever. And um, and so, and I was, like, reading the, the averages on everything, and I was like, oh, you know, Cruz in, like, 220. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. And then I went and watched. And, you, like, you could just tell. Like, e- extremely bored. Yeah. Um, which is, like, understandable when you're as good as he is. He... He had like that one, didn't he hit a home run and like did the Dame time thing and it was like, call me up already? Like, yes, that's pretty much, that's exactly what it was. But when I was like, <laughs> I hate the service time manipulation. It's yep. so bogus. So annoying. But it's, it's, you know, I, I do love baseball and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track <laughs> more than I probably want to, but... I am too. I find myself watching MLB TV like four or five times a night, just watching a random game. Like I watched Red Sox Rays last night. I didn't really watch it, but it was just on in the background. And it was, I like watching baseball in that capacity, but I, I love baseball when the Reds are competing. Like if the Reds are good, like I'm in, it doesn't just make me like more in tune with the red season. It just makes me more in in tune with the MLB in general. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way with, with the Cubs, and I was really hoping that they'd be good this year, just because Indianapolis is 100% a Cubs town. Yeah. Um, which is wild. I, I I can't wait for when the Cubs go on the road and play the Reds this year, and there's more Cubs Cubs fans in the stands. Than That's Reds like fans. every year for like the last five years. Y- you know why? Because Cincinnati's two hours from here, and it's it's all the Indianapolis people yeah. driving over there to watch. Yeah, it's 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 always like that. It sucks, but if the Reds were ever any good, it would be different, but... They're always going to be, they're always going to develop their guys up until the point where they can make the wild card or win the division and lose in the first round, and then it's restart back to the bottom. Which is just, it's so hard to win in baseball. Like it's, it is, but you, sh- it's not hard to try. Like at least you can see like the Angels, like teams that have been bad for a while. Like at least you can see them trying. But at, at least, at least they're not the the A's right now. Do you see what they're doing? They're going to move. They're actually... They're, yeah. they're pulling a major league. That is literally what they are doing. They are yeah. terrible on purpose, and they keep running up the price of tickets so their attendance drops below whatever it has to be so they can move overnight. Yep. But wh- where are they going to go? Vegas. You think so? 
Man, I remember I was talking to a guy who's a lot smarter than me, which is very, very few people. And um, (laughs) he made a really good point. He was talking about how a lot of those Vegas people just drive the three and a half hours to watch the Dodgers. Fair. Which is, but at the same time, I think I'd rather get your own. You get your own team in your own city. You do. And let's be honest. I think everybody would rather live in Las Vegas than live in Oakland. Oakland's not bad. The Bay's not bad. It's the Coliseum not. is bad. I I, I the love Bay. the Bay. The, the Bay is Oakland great. Coliseum is bad, but Oakland's not like if they just made a new park, dude, like things would be better. Dude, could you imagine? Dude, could you imagine though? Imagine playing baseball in Las Vegas when it's 115 degrees outside. Yeah, you would have to. It would probably be a dome, but it, it would have to be. Yeah, because that's what Arizona does. That's they true. have a retractable roof. That's. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even think about that. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's um, my baseball talk. Shout outs and closeouts. Um, shout out Austin Cross again for like for, for real this time. The new head coach at Ashdown High School. Yeah, super happy for that guy. I saw that. Congratulations. Uh, shout out um, college football yep. and the powers that me. Um, I'm with you. I think you're doing the right thing. Um, shout out Danny Ainge. He's back. Yes. Just winning every trade. Yes. And shout out, shout out to Danny Ainge and shout out to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. For for getting that, for, for getting, getting out of that situation where they limited him and couldn't, his full potential couldn't shine through. And we're about to see the real good Rudy Gobert next to Cass. (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. (laughs) Shout out. Um, I had a good one. Um, Shout out to Patrick Beverly, who who basically won a championship in Minnesota, and then true. And, and then got shipped out. Yep. Shout out Jeff Gordon. Shout Just out. Shout out Jeff Gordon. Uh, shout out Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who got a tattoo. Did you see this? I saw that. I saw that. I was like, are we like this is this is how you know it's July in the sports world. We're talking about. <laughs> Quarterbacks getting tattoos. <laughs> talking about Jeff Gordon. We're talking about Baker Mayfield getting traded for a fifth round pick. Yeah. It's July, folks. One more thing and then we're done. Not only not only did we talk about Baker Mayfield and fifth round picks, we did an entire you did an entire opener on Baker Mayfield and fifth round picks. <laughs> hey man. You know, I can't even deny that. Slow sports world. It's okay. It is. It is. It's a very slow, slow sports world. All right, um, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. I don't know what the last twenty minutes was, but yeah, ho- hopefully it was entertaining. I liked it though. It was fun. I laughed a lot. <laughs> I can't complain. So I will be back again on Tuesday with another episode for y'all. Maybe ZG will be here. Maybe he won't. We'll see. Busy man. We'll he, see. He's a really busy guy. Um, but you know, we always appreciate it when he when he takes the time. When the, the girlfriend allows him to take the time to come Thanks. and do stuff with us. So thank you all so much once again for listening. Thank you again, ZG, for coming on. And I'll be back again with another podcast for you guys on Tuesday. Bye.